Hello everyone, here we are at Beelance and Tennis with another podcast. Today we have a college coach with us that has a little extra meaning to me as he is the head women's coach at my alma mater, University of Kansas, Coach Todd Chapman. Coach, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day and doing this podcast with me. I know you're getting back into the groove as the girls have been back at school for a couple weeks now. How's everything going? That sounds really, really good, and you're building off a couple great years, so I know you're all, um, you're all fired up and ready to go. So we've done a couple of these with, with other coaches previously, and I'm always, it's always cool to hear their journeys, uh, both playing and coaching, and how they wound up where they are today. If you don't mind, can you briefly walk, walk us through your playing career and coaching career and how you wound up at the University of Kansas? Uh, that was a uh, 
a good two years for me, but I had some health issues in my family, and I decided after, uh, I guess, five years in college coaching to, to take a step back and step away from college coaching and went to my hometown of Venice, Texas, and uh, just felt like I needed to be home and close the family for, for a while and, and, and help coach uh, the school district's team there and was also a teaching pro at a, a tennis facility there did that for three years, and then, you know, decided that, you know, health-wise in my family, things were much better, and, and chose to take a high school, uh, really high-profile high school coaching job uh, in Wichita Falls, Texas, and was a high school coach there for uh, three years as well, and to be honest, that was kind of when I started to see a transition of where I felt like my... Uh, where I was a stronger coach and just felt like I was a better coach on the women's side than the males. Uh, I, not that I had all through my years. If you'd have told me at UT Pan American I would be where I am today coaching, I would have tell you it would 100% be with a men's team. But it's kind of a transition period uh, when I was in Wichita Falls that just I had a great group of players on the women's side and really worked well with them and really enjoyed the, the relationship and the bond and how coachable they were. And from there, a good friend of mine that I'd met through coaching uh, ended up getting the head job at Texas Tech. And, you know, he asked me if he knew I'd been in college coaching and asked me if I had interest in coming back and working for him, and that's Todd Petty. And uh, I was fortunate Todd gave me the opportunity to stick my foot back in the door. It was you know, a really cool process from the standpoint of he had just got the job. Uh, we were two guys that no one thought that we knew what we were doing and <laughs> no one thought that uh, we should probably have the jobs that we did. But he and I believed in each other and we believed in our kids and we believed in our process of how we were going to go about things and how we were going to recruit. And um, four years later, we had won, won back-to-back top Big 12 titles in our second, third and fourth year. And, you know, it was awesome. It was a great time. We had accomplished a lot of firsts at Texas Tech. And obviously, Tom had still got things really rolling at Texas Tech. And he's continuing to have great success there. But our success at Texas Tech afforded me the opportunity to get my foot in the door at Kansas. And Kansas was a spot. With the realignment in the Big 12 when I was at Texas Tech, we went to KU three of the four years uh, to play instead of every other year, and I just thought that was a place that I fell more and more in love with. And I told Todd after the second time we we went there that hey, if this job ever comes open, this is a gold mine. Um, Lawrence is a really cool place, as you know. University of Kansas is a special place, as you know. And I just really I knew of the past history and success of the men's and women's program, and they're dominant in the 80s and 90s and had some unbelievable players, national champions, uh, all Americans on both sides and, and some really high finishes and I knew all of that and just wasn't at that place on the women's side at that time. And was fortunate enough the job came open and I begged them enough I guess to give me a shot at it. Uh, they, they, they gave me the opportunity and four years later, four years later, four years later here I am. Uh, we we kind of got things turned around and going in the right direction, and we're really excited about uh, what the future holds at Kansas. Yeah, that that's so cool. It's so awesome hearing the journeys of different coaches and how they got to to where they are now. And 
Um, you know, sometimes all it takes is an opportunity along the step of the way, and then once you get that opportunity, it's what you do with that oppor- uh, opportunity. And you've you've been awesome with every opportunity you've you've uh, received. So let's talk a little bit about Kansas. You know, you got there. You've obviously done a tremendous job since taking over in 2013, and. When you took over the program, was there anything you noticed right away that uh, immediately needed to be changed, or did you kind of look at the program in a holistic approach and kind of take it step by step, no quick shortcuts, make sure every aspect of the program was stressed evenly with, with equal importance? Uh, I would say a little bit of both. I think every situation is different. Obviously, you had gone through a little bit of the process that I was inheriting it. Texas, uh, Kansas at Texas Tech and, and obviously felt very confident uh, and had a lot of belief in, in the system we put in place when I was at Texas Tech and, and saw the fruits of the labor of doing things in my way, in my mind, the right way. So that was definitely my plan. And, uh, it's funny, uh, Dr. Shane Singer, our AD at KU, who told me, well, you, by year three, you've got to win the Big 12 because that's what you guys did at Texas. So, no, no, pressure. Pressure. no pressure. No pressure, no coach. Pressure. And so, uh, obviously, I've fallen short of that, but we have made back-to-back NCAA tournaments for the first time in a long time. But no, it all boils down to, in my mind, I inherited a great group of kids. Uh, I give that first group, even though we weren't super successful on the court in results, they really bought into what... Uh, you know, our process and, and our beliefs and how a program should be run. I would say, you know, a big of it, part of it is there was talent on the team. I just, there wasn't a belief. Um, there wasn't a confidence. And, and part of that was maybe in in the training, uh, the preparation wasn't maybe exactly where I thought if I were running the program where, we, you know, what I, where I would want it to be. And so that's really what we Well, it, yeah, that's much better. Sorry, we lost you there for a second, but we're good. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I apologize. Uh, I'm saying that one of the main things we did is we spent a lot more time in strength and conditioning uh, and started to you know develop a work ethic. I think a culture of just bring your lunch pail every single day, blue collar mentality. You know how we're going to go about things every day, and it, you know it's going to take time. It's going to take time. It's going to take belief and confidence in the way we prepare. I'm a big believer in that. If you, you don't draw confidence, you know, if it was easy, I tell my players all the time, if it was easy, everybody would be on the TV. Right. On TV playing right now. Everybody would be at the U.S. Open right now playing if it was easy, and it's not. So no one has ever, you know, accomplished anything great without working hard and coming every single day with the mindset and commitment to that. And we talk a lot about the things that we can control, and then that's what I really focused on, the effort, the attitude, the energy, how good of teammates we were to each other, and being competitive, uh, really bringing a competitive mindset to everything that we do, and not, being, not fearing competition, actually embracing competition. And uh, I think over time it started to pay off, and I think, uh, you know, we've had some success, and the exciting thing for me is I think we're just touching the tip of the iceberg. Absolutely, absolutely. You guys are well on your way. I wanted to kind of ask you about recruiting. You know, when you're recruiting at the University of Kansas and obviously in a huge conference like the Big 12, everyone that's on your list is playing at a high, who you're recruiting is highly skilled. That's obvious. But what are the one or two things that that you look for, the intangibles, something outside of skill set 
that you really try to look for in a student athlete that you're recruiting that would be a good fit for you in the program? I, I look back to my early days of coaching. Every place I was at was never necessarily a destination job, whether it's because of where it was located or uh, the last, you know, at Kansas or at Texas Tech. It was just where we were ranked at the time we started recruiting. So it was, you know, great spots, great places, but we just weren't. I had, didn't have the ranking that we needed to really attract the best players. And so we had to really learn to be creative. Uh, the main things we, you know, I look for is, and, and you're, you're exactly right, uh, there's several things that I look for that if a player doesn't have these, and I don't care what their ranking is or what their ability is, I'm not interested. Number one is, as I mentioned just a minute ago, are they a competitor? Do they truly love to compete? Do they love to get gritty uh, and, and get after it and compete and not shy away from you know, a competitive situation? Uh, so I look for that. I definitely look for a, a good athlete, uh, someone that has the, the room to grow as a player and the ability to develop. The third thing is do, or do the willingness to develop. Is it a player that really wants to develop, uh, someone that really wants to continue the growth process of their game? There's plenty of players that get to the college level, and you know they're a little bit tapped out. You know they've worked hard. They've grind it out, tennis is definitely a grind, especially, um, you know, whether you're playing in the USDA events or ITF events, you know, you're not in the United States or across the world, there isn't a whole lot of options. So it can be a grind, but I want players that are still hungry, still wanting to grow and have the ability to grow, so I'd say those, those three things, and then a, a, the last thing is a player that, uh, one thing we talk a lot about is contributing uh, to the program more than you consume. So the player that wants to contribute more than they consume on a daily basis. And so just watching them interact with other players, how they act towards their parents, uh, I really like to see when they're, they're not playing well. Once again, how do they compete? How do they act? How do they conduct themselves? Because everybody acts great when you're winning and playing great tennis. I like watching a player play enough that I get to see them not play well several times and, and what does that look like for that player? So those are the areas I really look for. I'm really, uh, I really stress, and I don't really shy away from it very often because I know if a player doesn't have those intangibles, they're not going to work uh, well with me, and they're not going to work well within our program, and, and it's not going to be a, you know, a, a great conducive learning environment on both sides. And so, I, you know, I've learned over doing this thing year number nineteen that. I know how I tick and how I operate, and I think I've figured out at least, you know, players that, that I think will work well within our system, and that's the kind of the ones we, we go after. That is so, so important. I hope every student-athlete who gets a chance to listen to this um, really takes that information in. I, had, I was talking with a, a high-level D1 coach on the men's side uh, a year or two ago, and they were recruiting someone. Obviously, they were highly skilled, and the kid he was recruiting was getting drubbed. And you know what he said to me? He goes, that guy didn't change his behavior one bit. I didn't know if he was up 6150 or he was down 6150. He loved the fight, the competitiveness, competitiveness and determination. And that kind of goes along with what you were saying. So I hope student athletes who, uh, in any sport, what you said carries over to any sport. I really hope you take in what, what Coach Chapman just said. 
Um, you had mentioned it earlier, and I know it's kind of hard to talk about, but I wanted to kind of talk about those uh, tough losses in back-to-back years at NCAAs. Like you said, you've taken the program um, to really, really higher ground now in back-to-back NCAA tournaments, and you guys were both so close um, to winning very, very good matches in the NCAA tournament. It could not have been any closer. Um, is there something there when you when you address the program after um, after a defeat like that where you say, hey, we're definitely on the right path. We're going to continue to do the right things. We're going to work hard, do it every step-by-step, step, no shortcuts, um, and we're going to get on the winning side of that. Or is there something in, that you saw in those defeats that you really kind of wanted to hone in on and have the team focus on uh, and make sure we concentrate going forward on that one or two things to get us over the hump?
you know, it, it, that should be the standard at KU is that we should make the NCAA tournament. I won't shy away from that. If we don't, then I'm not doing my job. But our goal is just to make it and to, you know, definitely progress and do well and be successful within within the tournament and see how far we can go. But I really think that it'll be an advantage to us, um, you know, as we move throughout this next year because we have faced some adversity. And, and there hasn't been any quit in our girls, and I couldn't be more prouder of them. Oh, that's so, so cool. And you guys, like I said earlier, you guys are, are well on your way. Um, you know, I want to tie this up, and I know the listeners who hear this, they're going to want me to ask it, so i got to have to ask it. Um, he was inducted into the Basketball Hall of Fame last night. Can you give uh, any insight, any funny, cool stories on uh, Mr. Coach Self for our listeners, or is all that stuff under lock and key for you?
know that he gets enough credit for that. Yeah, thank thank you for sharing that story, Coach. It doesn't surprise me what you said and everything that we've heard about Coach um, kind of echoes what you just said. So thank you for that. Um, just thank you for taking time out of your day and doing this, Coach. You're, um, you're making KU proud. Your staff, your players, you're doing a heck of a job. Like I said at the beginning, this was really, really a privilege for me to um, do this podcast with, with a coach at my alma mater. You know how much I love the university, and we all love the University of Kansas, and we are so, so proud that you're at the helm of the uh, tennis program and continue doing great things, Coach. Really, uh, best of luck to you, your staff, and, and the program. Thanks, Coach. That was Coach Todd Chapman. What a stud. Great, great guy. I hope you enjoyed that. We'll post this on various um, social media outlets. And thank you all for listening.